0: Hey there, and welcome to the United Church Podcast. We are a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love. We are striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you enjoyed this week's homily. I don't know if you have noticed, but almost every single one of the babies new babies within our community are here this morning, which is absolutely fantastic. So I wanna let you know, new parents, that if your baby cries, if your baby screams, if your baby does whatever the baby does, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Just do what you do. Don't feel like you're interrupting anything. Let the baby scream if the baby wants to scream. We will all smile lovingly at you, and we will smile with great grace. As well as a little bit of sympathy. (laughs) But know that it is okay, that children are beautiful and loved and welcome here within our community at all times, in all places, for all spaces and times. All righty, we are entering into the first Sunday in the Lenten season. Lent is a 40 day period of time that extends right before we celebrate Easter. It's kind of this season of preparation, a season that is an opportunity for us to sit and wrestle and struggle with who God is, but not only with who God is, but our relationship With God. There's a a great push and a great pull that takes place in this season as certain ideas and thoughts that we have about God get kind of shaved away or pruned away, and we can kind of come back to the the very core of our faith, the very core of what it is that we believe about this God, this very core of our relationship with Him. We get to step into this place, we get to step into this season. In a beautiful and wonderful way where we experience the true beauty and grace of God. As Trevor mentioned, we launched this podcast, awakemysoulpodcast.com. It's an opportunity for us in this Lenten season to bury ourselves in the words of Scripture. It's a beautiful sort of meditative space that. Only last eight to ten minutes. It's a very short sort of experience, but over the course of this past week, I found myself like longing for that more and more as I as I started the Ash Wednesday and then the next day, it was these moments of like, oh, I really, really am longing to enter back into that space because for my day, it's like one of the only spaces of quiet, reflective. <laughs> meditation and moments, and it's been absolutely refreshing for me, and I want to encourage us as a community that that we're journeying in this thing together, and if, if you're like me and you see that you're a little late to a game, you feel the necessary, you, you feel it necessary to kind of catch up, right? You feel like, oh no, I'm six podcasts behind, I have to start from the very beginning and listen to each and every single one of them. You don't have to do that. All you really need to do, all you really have to do is just start. Like, that's it. Just start. Just subscribe to the sucker now, right? Like, just subscribe to it and just begin tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. One of the other things that we're going to be doing in the midst of this season, in the midst of this podcast, is on Mondays and Thursdays, we're going to do it live on Facebook, just like a Facebook Live sort of thing, so that we can, like, so Trevor will do it every Monday and I'll do it every Thursday. An opportunity for us to just kind of sit in that space of what the Lectio is. For us as a community, a a new practice for many, this idea of meditating on scripture and kind of figuring it out. But an opportunity for us nonetheless to sit in that space, to rest in that space and to do this thing that we so desperately need in our lives. To hear from God, to sit in the words and the phrases of God. One of the things that's really a, a struggle for me is that idea of sitting that idea of resting, that idea of just being present in that moment, which is why this podcast has been a little bit difficult for me. I, I started by listening to it in my car, and I was like, ah, totally, I can multitask this sucker, right? Like, I can, I can listen to this in the car, everywhere I'm driving, woo, I listen to it on the bus, and I was like, you know, like, these are okay, but unless I got some really good no, noise-canceling headphones and I'm not really paying attention to anything around me, I'm not quite getting the thing, I'm, I'm not quite understanding what is taking place here. And in the midst of that, I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like I'm just sitting there wasting time, wasting away in this season and allowing it to just kind of, what am I doing? I'm just, what? I stumbled across this quote by Henry Nowlin just the other day. It's, a, it's from a lecture called The Spirituality of Waiting. He said, waiting time is not wasting time. Waiting patiently in expectation is the foundation of the spiritual life. When we enter into this season of Lent, when we sit in this space and in this this moment of reflection on Scripture, we're waiting in expectation that God is actually going to speak to us in this moment through the words of Scripture, that we're going to hear something of what God has for us, which is why we're also practicing this on Sunday mornings throughout the season of Lent, that we're sitting here in this space listening and hoping that God is going to say something to us. We're, we're expecting that he is going to break through the noise, break through the chatter of our lives and say something to us that is valuable, that is worth hearing, that is important. And so this morning, we jumped into Psalm 91. We jumped into Psalm 91 to listen to that, and that is the text that we're looking at this morning. And Psalm 91 starts off like this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. As I sat in that space and began to meditate upon it, listening intently to what it was that I I, I thought I heard God not only saying to me, but for us as a community, what is the thing that we as a people need to hear God say to us in the midst of our space and time? The word dwells stood out like a sore thumb, and and maybe this is just for me, and that's okay, I'll tell you exactly what I experienced in the midst of this, but I have a a sense, an inkling, that, that perhaps that isn't just for me in this space, but this is actually for a lot of us, this idea of dwells, of what it means for us to dwell. I spent some time looking at that word dwell, sitting in that word dwell, trying to figure out what on earth it meant. Right, like dwell. I, I hear abode. You know, like a house kind of thing. I started playing with synonyms in my head. Like, what does it mean to really dwell somewhere? What, what does it mean to make something a dwelling place? Something that's like a like a home or a house. And I spent some time playing with the Hebrew because Hebrew is kind of a fun language, and it's the word yeshab. The word yeshab is this word dwell, and What's really fascinating about this word yeshab is it quite literally means to sit. To sit. That when God is saying, whoever dwells in the presence of the Most High, He's saying, whoever sits, whoever sits there, just sit down. Just sit. Sit right? Like, just sit in the presence of the Most High God. Whoever dwells, whoever sits, whoever rests in the presence of the Most High God. I I found that super fascinating because I started to think about what it meant to sit, right? We can go anywhere to sit. I can walk up here and Sit down. I can I can move into the very back of the room. I can I can sit on the side. I can I can pop a squat right here. I can sit on the floor. I can utilize this wonderful stool that I brought up for this very reason. And just sit. And what's fun about this is when you sit, you feel the pressure on your legs go away. Your body has a sense of rest. Your legs have a sense of like all of the pressure and the weight and the burden of your body are now relieved. I feel it a lot in my quads, right? Like that's kind of where my body starts to rest and to sit and to dwell in this space. There is no work involved in sitting. I have to go nowhere to sit. I can sit anywhere. I can dwell anywhere. Which is really interesting when you think about God and kind of the social and the cultural constructs that we've kind of created about our relationship with God, about what it looks like for us to enter into a relationship with God. I grew up with this really fun image of, of what it means to understand who we are as a people, right? That there is this great chasm that has been caused in between us by what we have done. And so there's this great chasm of sin that separates us from God, right? This gigantic chasm that is right there in the middle of it all, and we cannot get to God because of this chasm of sin. But we try. We try really hard. And in fact, it's really fun because the the next slide is this of us trying to jump across the chasm, and the poor little stick man is falling into the water. And we're, we're stuck with that image from Romans three twenty three: for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which is where this whole thing comes from, right? This whole chasm, this bridge is that we, we try, and we try to get to God, and we try and jump across the chasm, but we all fall short. Just a side note, I had a lot of fun making this slide uh, because the little stick man, you can take him and just keep spinning him around and around and around with a little wheel. Oh, it's so much fun. So I watched this little man kind of just like spin down into the chasm. And I I tried to figure out ways to animate that sucker because I thought that would be really funny. I failed miserably. I tried so hard and <laughs> for so long and just couldn't quite get it. However, this is kind of that understanding is that we, by no work of our own, can actually get to God. We just can't get there. We can't cross the chasm. We can't do anything. This is what I understood growing up. And so then this is what happens Jesus, right? Like Jesus came and he built this bridge through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. He built this bridge that we could cross over to the other side. That we could be there. That we could actually get to God. We can get there. But here's the thing. I don't think this is right. I don't think this is right in any way, shape, or form. And some of this is through study, some of this is through understanding and trying to figure things out, and some of it actually came through conversation with Christy this past week, just this idea that we can walk across this bridge to get to God. This is what I think is actually a little bit wrong with this picture and this image. is there's no grace in this. There's, there's a little bit of grace. I mean, like, there's a little bit of grace. The grace is that Jesus built this bridge for us. That's the grace. But then we have to do the work to get to God. That God actually isn't coming to us in any way, shape, or form, but that we have to actually do all the work to get to God. God created this bridge and said, Come to me! But does that sound like God? Does that sound like... A God of grace and a God of love. Whenever Elliot is hurt, whenever she is crying or struggling, I don't don't yell at her and say, Come to me! I go to her. I walk to her. I want to see what is happening in her life. I want to see what it is that she's struggling with, what it is that she's feeling, what it is that she's wrestling with. I go to her. I don't say, I love you, my child. Please come. Please tell me what is wrong with you. I don't create this great separation of power and prestige and space between her. I get down on the ground and I sit with her and I ask her, what is going on? I think this is our understanding of God. I think sometimes it's actually a, a karmic understanding of God. It's a works-based understanding of God. It's a separation-based understanding of God, that, that God is somewhere out there and we are on a journey to find him and get to him, when all along God has actually been right here in front of us. He who dwells, he who dwells He who sits. We don't have to go finding and searching and looking for God. We just have to sit and open our eyes to the God that is around us. The God that is present here and now in this place, in this space. I think perhaps a better understanding of this is this. That God comes to us. That Jesus built the bridge that God could actually join us here and now. That God is in this place. That God is in this space. You see, this is the gospel. This is the crux of the gospel. The gospel is not, the gospel is not about us getting to God. The gospel is not about us getting to God. It's not about this picture. It's not about this image of the bridge of walking across and getting to God. This is not the gospel. The gospel is about God coming to us where we are in this place, in this space, that God came to us. That God crosses the bridge that he created. God didn't build the bridge for us to walk across. God built the bridge for him to walk across and get to us. This is the incarnation. This is Jesus' life coming here, inserting himself into this world. Intersecting our lives. Intersecting this world. This is the crux of the gospel. This is grace. There is no other religion on this planet. There is no other belief system in this world that believes this. This is what separates us from everything else. It is a grace and a love that transcends everything. It is a grace and a love that continues to reach out to us and pull us in. It is a belief system. It is a religion that says, sit. Just sit. I'm coming to you. I'm coming here. I'm coming now. I'm coming to you. This is the gospel. Jürgen Moltmann is perhaps one of my favorite theologians. Somebody that is—he's uh, still alive, thankfully, because he still writes some really beautiful words. But he wrote this in this book called *The Source of Life*. He said the ultimate reason for our hope is that we are wanted. We are wished for and waited for. This is grace. The ultimate reason for our hope is that we are wanted. We are wanted. It is a God who does not stand on the other side of the bridge and says, come to me if you really want this. It's a God who crosses the bridge because he wants us. He wants us. He has wished for us. And he waits for us. And in all of our frantic running around, in all of our frantic motion, he says, All you have to do is just sit down. Sit with me. Dwell. In this space, Brennan Manning, in his book, The Furious Longing of God, said, How radically must we rework our own self image if we accept ourselves as lovable, as deeply, passionately, and unconditionally loved by God? We have to reimagine ourselves in this scenario, and in this context. We have to completely reimagine who we are as people, that we are actually wanted by God, that we are passionately loved by God, that he has done everything to bring us to him, to come and meet us in this space. He comes and wraps his arms of love around us, and he says, I want you You are good enough. You are wanted. You are wished for. You are waited for. That this is who we are as people. We have to radically reimagine ourselves. Radically reimagine who we are as people in the eyes of God. He also said this a little bit later on in the book. He said, for his love is never, never, never based on our performance. Never conditioned by our moods of elation or depression. The furious love of God knows no shadow of alteration or change. It is reliable, and perhaps my favorite part, always Tender. That God is always tender with us. Grace is a strange concept. Grace is perhaps, is, stands apart, stands in contrast, stands in opposition to everything that we know about our American culture everything that we know about how we grew up and understand this world around us, that everything in America was about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, right? That if you work hard enough for it, you can attain anything. If you work hard enough for it, if you want it bad enough, if you have a big enough dream and a big enough passion, it can be yours. This is the epitome of the American dream. And yet God says, no, you don't have to do that with me. All you have to do is yashab. Sit. Sit and dwell. Be here in this place. Be here in this space. Sit. You don't have to do anything. Nothing at all. Just Sit. This is the grace of God. This is the love of God. This is the beautiful mystery of God, who says nothing but sit. Because I want you. I want you. Father, thank you. Thank you for this mystery, this strange and crazy thing called grace. Father, it's not something that is easy for us to grasp. It's not something that's easy for us to understand. It's not something that's easy for us to even get a modicum of our fingers around. It stands so opposed to everything that we understand and know. And yet you, you are different. You are a God of love. You are a God of grace. You are a God of mercy and of beauty. Father, in this space and in this time, Lord, we ask that you would continue to break through the chaos of our lives. That you would call us in this season in Lent to to rest, to sit in your presence, to sit in the shadow of your wing, and to know your grace and to know your love. Father, it is in your Son's precious and holy name that we pray all of these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at noon at 1316 3rd Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.